On today's episode of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring, there's no special guest, but we are loaded with basketball and football talk. We discuss Vanderbilt's loss to Kentucky on Tuesday night, and we preview Saturday's noon tip-off against Mississippi State at Memorial Gym. This is a very important game for Stacks Commodores to get back on track and get to one and two in SEC play. Meanwhile, we send it over to football talk. Clark Lee has brought in his strength and conditioning coach. His name is Brandon Horrigan from Wake Forest, and he's a good one. We'll talk about that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome into episode 63 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Before we hop into the show, again, reminder there is no special guest today. Quick TDR on a Friday night, but it is now time to send it over to Gary Scales for the breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. One more advertisement before we hop into the full episode 63 of the Door Report. Let's send it over to Gary once again for a few words on Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Hardwood Flooring, perfect floors, whatever your style. Welcome back into the Door Report presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. It is episode 63. It is a chilly Friday, January 8th. Here in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, got a little bit of snow last night, but we're still here on the pod. But we are always presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. We'll talk about the tough loss in Lexington. We'll put it here on the script. More heartbreak in Lexington, and uh, and and we also got we'll, we got a Mississippi State preview as well as they will take on uh, Stackhouse's team. Will take on Mississippi State tomorrow. We'll also talk about some new additions to Clark Lee's staff and Coach Mason hired at Auburn. So, will we got got some good topics today? Uh, did you get any snow snow last night? You doing all right? Yeah, a few flurries, nothing, nothing major. Uh, but I, I hopefully they, they're saying more should be moving in. I'm really praying there isn't. As a kid, you pray for snow. Uh, now that Not I've anymore. Been, you do the exact opposite and just pray yep. to God it doesn't snow. So <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, we got a lot uh, going here today. Uh, not a ton of time. We're a little late on the on the Kentucky preview. Um, but you know, Great another day. another heartbreak. No, another heartbreak in Lexington. Um, it was just it was tough because. 
you know, there, there were some signs of life. There was, you know, this team looked a lot better. Um, now, granted, they were playing a, a, you know, not great Kentucky team. It felt like kind of one of those Wednesday night SEC tournament openers. Um, but, Will, another tough loss, but but this team definitely looked a lot better. Yeah, the you can say it's not a great Kentucky. They still brought in the number one recruiting class in the country last season. Yeah. So they're, they're still dealing with a lot of talent. And I this Kentucky team is not quite as talented as ones in years past. But I just for everybody that follows SEC basketball regularly, you hear the exact same thing every single season yep. about Kentucky. And by the end of the year, they're number one, number two, number three in the SEC, top 25. They start out really terrible. And they're yep. like, this Kentucky team just doesn't have what it takes to get it done. And then the talent yep. kind of melds. And by the end, um, they're, they're very all right. Cool. Yeah. And Vanderbilt was an 11 point underdog uh, going into this game, I believe, fluctuating between that and they definitely covered and and they outplayed Kentucky for the most part outside of a few stretches in that game but I did watch the whole game and went back and kind of fast forwarded through it made sure that I agreed with the notes that I made watching live uh cooler heads I guess is the (laughs) that you can use but yeah number one we were talking about it in in our group message with everybody here at the door report and Uh uh, Miles Studi is legit Oh yeah, um, that that was an absolute steal. He does not look like a freshman. He no. he has every single thing that you want a college basketball player to have, and he's only going to get better. His yeah. jumper is way better than I expected, and his and he's extremely athletic. We knew that coming in, so he's a guy that we were talking about finding that number two score scoring option, and he might be the guy. Yeah. And that's not where we expected it to come from coming into the season. We expected Max Evans or DJ Harvey to step up. And both of them have been extremely non-existent, to be honest. We we haven't heard much from Max Evans. He's kind of looks like he's fallen out of fallen out of that rotation, yeah. fallen out of the flow. I don't know what's happened there. And DJ Harvey has been a massive disappointment. Um, I, I I keep saying that he's been disappointing so far, but at this point, I mean, we're in SEC play, and he's still not getting the job done. Not even close. Uh, another guy, Pippen, man, he's so he's, damn impressive. Every time you watch him, the the big thing that NBA scouts are going to fall in love with him, he's got a good jumper, good stroke. It's not consistent. Mm-hmm. He's a good ball handler, good passer. But what he's great at is controlling his pace of play. When you watch great point guards like Steph Curry in the NBA, I'm not talking about shooting here with Steph Curry. I'm talking about his <laughs> his uh, speed of play. You'll watch him constantly Tempo, stop, stop yeah. slow down start get a defender that's 6'10 on his back and end up being able to finish even with that size disadvantage and that's what Pippen does extremely well and we saw that on display against NBA talent against Kentucky Mm -hmm. and you heard the announcers talking about it also um it was a good team Tom Hart and um, John Sunvold Sunvold was talking about how Pippen plays really well at his own pace he knows you know like you were talking about Will he even if it's a 6'10 guy guarding him, he knows how to get around him and kind of maneuver. And that's what makes Pippen such a great player. Um, and, and, you know, he's gotten a lot bigger. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. think a lot of people have realized that this guy's a lot more physical and, and he's, he's, he's kind of realized that, okay, I can get in the paint and finish now, you know, more so than I could last year. You know, he could always kind of penetrate and find ways to score, but He's a crafty player, and that reverse in midair was was very smooth. Um, and and he's he he could be you know he's definitely going to be first team All SEC if he continues playing like this. Will he could be up for Player of the Year if he's if he could Man, do it, like the only thing preventing him from getting Player of the Year is going to be I don't think Vanderbilt's going to get many W's unless yeah. they change up quite a bit. And that's not not a knock against him, but he makes his game is so smooth. He makes yep. things that if you played basketball at all, 
Um, you may think you look like that doing what he's doing, but you don't. Yeah. And just the things like the stopping and starting and tempo is, is something that 95% of college basketball players, even the good ones, don't possess. Yeah. Um, that's an NBA talent. And it looks like uh, Scotty is kind of following in his dad's footsteps of hitting a growth spurt in college. Hopefully so. That's yeah. what Stack was talking about. He said, we got to hit those those extra couple inches because that'll make a difference. And it has. It, it's it's made a difference this year. And, and, and we'll – like you said, Kentucky is is you know they're they're already two and zero in the SEC, and and that's that is a that's that's a good sign I think as a whole for Vanderbilt you know to to because Florida was you could argue Florida and Kentucky are, are at the same levels kind of right now Florida um, you know we all thought it was going to be a great opportunity for Vanderbilt to kind of um, you know really attack them but. Now you get you get Kentucky and they and they played really well, but you know we can we can gripe about the referees all we want. There were many many. Well, I, I will say this: it went both sides. I yes, think it I think it. So I was looking at it and watching the game. You know, it, there were a ton of really bad calls, and the refs were 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 you know they were they were playing they were they were they weren't letting them play. You know, they were not letting these guys play physical SEC basketball that we were that we're used to seeing and. It was going both ways, though. So as a Vanderbilt person, you know, you're, you got to just look at it and admit, look, it's going both ways and, and there's nothing really you can do about it. And, and I think Coach Stack realized that that that, too. You know, he didn't lose his cool like um, like he did. I think was it at Davidson, um, you know, when they were struggling late. Yeah, the the referees, you always want referees to be consistent and they were consistent. They were consistently bad. I mean, <laughs> They almost they they all had in Vanderbilt's entire starting lineup in in terrible foul trouble in Kentucky as well. Oh yeah, I mean Desue had Desue had two quick fouls in in late there and he was gone. You know that he was. And I'm I'm all in favor of calling hand checks. I think that's not called enough in high school or college basketball. If you consistently foul up and down the court, you can but get some away. Of the, with some of those hand checks but, were like, oh, he touched half him. court on drives. They were blowing the whistle on every touch. And and my biggest issue is always I think rebounding should be a free for all outside of obvious fouls. And yeah. man, this was a physical game and they did not call it like it was going to be. A it's almost game. like every time you're like, okay, they could get a call here. They could get a call here. They call got a, a call foul. by the rule book of basketball. You can call a foul on every single rebound, every single. Exactly. You, you can find, you can or... find a, a, a physical mm-hmm. play. And it's you kind can of like say... what they talk about in football with, you can find holding on every single play. You can find a foul on every rebound, but yeah. To, to move past what everybody else is going to be talking about, since we do have true Vanderbilt fans listening to this podcast, let's touch on some <laughs> players besides Pippen um, and the referees because uh, Jordan Wright was outstanding. He was. He was. We missed Cleavon Brown badly, really badly. I think that was the difference in the game. I'm hoping to see him get phased back in soon. And one player in particular is G.K. Obina. I, I love the guy. He seems like a good dude from every video and everything they've – the guy should not see the court. He, he, his spacing is absolutely terrible. I think they were hoping that he would – he has a similar build to Festus Azili, and yeah. he came in with a lot of raw physical tools, and he just hasn't developed in the same way that no. Festus did. And his, it's not just his spacing on the offensive end, which is obvious, but it's his spacing and rotations on defense over in help. He's out of position to rebound and block out and picks up a lot of cheap fouls and gives up cheap offensive rebounds and buckets. And we're better off playing, um, oh, what is his name? The freshman from Knoxville, Odesipe. Odesipe, yeah. We're better off playing him and getting him time than having a GK Obina just yeah. because he just doesn't have it. And he clogs up everything. It makes everything disoriented. And Trey Thomas, 
He plays hard. He pulled a lot of boards. He did. He did. I think he's earned rotational minutes, but he was in there at the end of a key tight game, and I just don't agree with that. Yeah, I I didn't either, Will, and we talked about it off air a little bit, just kind of some of Stackhouse's decisions, and, you know, we both love the guy. You know, we we love Coach Stack, and, and, you know, um, and and we supported his efforts in in rebuilding, um, you know, Vanderbilt basketball, but there have been some peculiar situations where you look at it and you say, like you mentioned, Will, Trey Thomas on the court late, um, you know, some of these lineups that, that he's been going with. I'm not saying, you know, the lineups are what have been causing, you know, this kind of sluggish start, but, you know, there's some of the, I think we're going to be agree that Stackhouse this season, he's, he's doing his best, you know, he's trying to find those rotations. Um, but Will, do you want continuity? You know, do you want to find that, that five guys and, and stick with them or, or, you know, he could be in a situation where he hasn't found those five guys yet. Yeah. What the, the desperation of Stackhouse and you can see it, which is why he's playing so many different combinations of lineups is he is trying to find a guy that he can run the offense through when Pippen is not on the court and he has not found anywhere close no. to that. You still have guys that even when the is playing well and Studi's playing well, um, and, and guys on the inside when Cleavon's back are playing well, it's all run through Pippen. And he yeah. hasn't found a guy that he can put on that court when Pippen needs a rest. He's, Pippen's playing a lot of minutes. He's playing, I believe, the most minutes in, per game in the SEC. Yeah. And when he's off court for that brief period, eight to ten minutes a game, there's no one there to step and fill that role. And that's when you see a lot of things go south. Yeah. I, I still like I still like Pippen at the point. You know, I think we were talking about this too off air because, you know, a lot of times you see Pippen get in the lane and um and there's a guy wide open. You know, there's Jordan Wright out there for you know looking for three and they hit a lot of those against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know, meanwhile you get Trey Thomas, not as good of a penetrator, but you do have Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen, you know, half the time doesn't get the ball because Thomas is unable, you know, to distribute. So um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Stackhouse goes with. Um and and again. D'Souza's got to step up. You know, I think we can agree that he did play a lot better. Um, but again, this is this is going to be it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, like we talked about, Will, the combinations, you know, there could be another different five <laughs> against against Mississippi State for Coach Stack. But again, some of the late, late decisions, again, like later in the game, I know you didn't like his timeout usage. <laughs> yes, that that's my big thing with Stackhouse. And I was hoping that that would change this year. But he seems to go home with a lot of timeouts in his pocket and not used at timely instances in the game, which is a partial reason outside of what we've discussed without yeah. having a secondary true score as to why Vanderbilt has these long droughts and allows these teams to go on runs. Because they were pretty, pretty dominant in that first half for the most part. They were. Towards the end. And you felt it slipping away. And you didn't call a timeout to kill that momentum and kind of settle settle them down. And they're a young team. Yeah, and they need there, it. There's a fine line, Billy. You always hear about the you let them play and work through it on their own. They'll be better in the end and call a timeout to settle them down. Stack is a little bit too far over on 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 the side of let, let them play. play let them yeah, this isn't the yeah. NBA. Games are yeah. eight quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have as much time. Guys aren't as mature, and he's coaching it like an NBA game. Yeah, and, and that's just not going to work uh, yeah. here at Vanderbilt, especially yeah. when you see a senior-led team. I think we took for granted Coach Stallings' ability to to really call some timeouts. You know, he knew exactly when to call his timeouts, how many to use at the right time. Um, I think we saw the same kind of issue with Bryce Drew a little bit, Will. Uh, you know, just kind of awkward timing uh, with some of the timeouts. So, <laughs> so we'll see um, again with Coach Stack. Um, he's still learning. You know, he's still learning on the fly. He's um, young too. Yeah, like he is. 
yeah, he's, he's still, still young, young team, young coach. And, and, and the whole staff is still, you know, learning on the fly, how to coach at, at a college level, you know, and especially the SEC level. So um, again, they got a really good SEC team um, on their schedule tomorrow. Uh, they will play Mississippi state. Will Mississippi state is um, the best rebounding. They're one of the top rebounding teams in the SEC. So this will be a challenge uh, stack. You know, he, he's hoping his Commodores continue to take pride in, in, in crashing the boards because they will need to. Um, we talked about Cleavon Brown earlier, Will. He could get back into the mix next week. He will not see the, get, see the court tomorrow. Uh, he's recovering from an abdominal strain. And another guy, Isaac McBride, um, he will be out for a while. He had a pretty nasty ankle sprain. Um, he was wearing a boot uh, in his right leg at Kentucky. So we'll see when those two guys come back. They could definitely use both of them, Will, um, you know, just for depth, both at the forward position and, and at the guard position. But, Will, let's, let's touch a little bit on Mississippi State. Again, this is a team that, you know, we don't know a whole lot about. It'll be a, somewhat of an early tip-off noon uh, tip, SEC Network. Uh, this is at Memorial Gym, so Vanderbilt playing at home. Uh, real quick here, Will, what can we expect? Um, I know, you know, Vanderbilt, not the best start to the SEC slate. They need this one. They, they, they need to get this one to find some sort of momentum. Yeah, uh, Mississippi State has a – couple guards that have been playing extremely well so far this season um, and playing a lot of minutes similar to Pippen. And, and another stat I want to point out before I talk about their uh, other guy Here we go. to keep an eye on. Um, so the guards are DJ Stewart, Iverson, Molinar, um, yeah. and they've been playing a lot of minutes, scoring, both scoring around 19 points per game. And Dylan DeSue is actually first in the SEC in rebounding with 9.0 rebounds per game, number one. Wow. There um, you go. So, That's you know, Mississippi State has – Stat of the day. Stats who is second with 8.9 rebounds per game. So uh, this game is going to determine who's going to be. It's going to be a dogfight. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to need Dylan DeSue to rebound well. Um, we're going to need Marilla Brown to play well and rebound well in those substitute minutes and not get in foul trouble. And we're going to need Pippen, where his weakness probably is, is off the ball defense, rotational, and then guarding straight up on drives. And this is – I don't know if this is the best game for Trey Thomas to get a significant amount of minutes – because yeah, a I don't, lot I don't of their think scoring, so. yeah, majority of their scoring comes from the guard position. So you're going to want a little bit more size there. We will see if that happens. And both of those guys are shooting lights out from three-point range for Mississippi State. They're both shooting uh, – one is shooting, I believe, 43%, and that's Stewart, and the other is shooting over 50% from three. Yeah. So Vanderbilt's closeouts on the perimeter are going to have to be really good. And the line – we'll tweet out the line whenever it officially comes out. We'll get it to you. I, I would, you know, I was two points away last time on my estimate, or one point right, away. Hey, hey, I would what's the prediction now, be, Will? Yeah, Let's I think it. Vanderbilt will be plus nine and a half, around a nine and a half point underdog, wow. ten point underdog. So wow, confident that would be, in the doors at home. Lower, but yeah, that that's my expectation is seeing it right around there because uh, yeah. Vegas doesn't seem to be a big fan of Vanderbilt. No, no, they they are not, and um, <laughs> you know, I don't think I would either if I was a betting man. Um, you know, nothing uh, really. I mean, you know, we we love to kind of you know pick pick you know we picked at the football team you know pick pick it you know the struggles but you know we're putting it the way it is will this team is is you know they're not a great basketball team right now and and they need to find some momentum um and and will i i was going to mention this real quick here before we get to football um i i think this team they have potential you know we we know that you know this team has potential you know to get five six seven wins in the sec and compete but they're not there yet and and i think they're a little bit farther off than we th might have expected but that just means this team could be, you know, I'm not, I don't want to compare them to Kentucky, but you know, they need time to develop. They need time to, 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 
continue to build that chemistry just like every team does, you know, but, but this is a young team still and we'll see. So yeah, Billy, this is exactly, that's exactly, they don't know how to put a full game together. You see spurts, you see a half, you see a 10 minute stretch, but then they'll have a 10 minute stretch where they look incompetent. So it's just, if they can put one full game together, I just, if they could have beat this Kentucky one full game, that's a, and that's easier said than done, but I think that will build confidence for the rest of the season. And if they do that early in SEC play, I think we could see them get the five, six, seven win mark. Um, if they don't do that early, then we're looking at another uh, bad tough, tough uh, win-loss, yeah. win-loss record in the SEC this year. Yeah, we will see again tomorrow's tip noon on SEC Network. Mississippi State comes to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Mississippi State is 7-4. and four. Vanderbilt 4-4, four and four, so Mississippi State's played a lot more games than the Commodores. Well, let's touch on uh, the Vanderbilt uh, football hire uh, here. Um, Clark Lee has brought in another assistant. His name is Brandon Horrigan. I think is is how you pronounce it. He came over from, or he comes over from Wake Forest. He was at Wake Forest for seven years under Coach Dave Clawson. He was also under Dave Clawson at Bowling Green. So, um, you know, that's, that was probably a really tough decision for for Coach Horgan to split from his guy. You know, that that that's that kind of tells you a lot about the pull that Clark Lee at Vanderbilt has and has already had. Um, and and I think this is really starting to 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 spin some gears inside the minds of Vandy fans that Clark Lee's getting some stuff done. Yeah, the strength and conditioning programs or, or, or coach within programs, probably the most slept on position, I think, because you don't see them on the field as much. But I mean, they're what make or break you in the trenches and your players and how exactly. they are, if he's going to focus on speed or size more. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert on who's a good strength and conditioning coach and who's not. But I looked at a few Wake Forest message boards, and, and a lot of people seemed upset about they, his They were departure. not happy, no. Yes, yeah, so and, and a lot if of the, the, if the current fan base is upset about the departure of a coach, that's always a good sign. That's how you know. And, Will, that's happened. You know, we both know this. That's happened with just about every coach. <laughs> you know, that's happened with, with Norval McKenzie. Louisville fans were upset. You know, it happened with um, the Syracuse special teams coach. That's how you know. You know, that's it's part also of very impressive, Billy, that when you name off all these guys, he's not pulling them from Tennessee Tech or – No, no, uh, that's, that's actually yeah, – I mean, these are from other programs that you would almost consider – the same level or higher than yeah. Vanderbilt. And he's pulling them in at the same position to Vanderbilt, I which mean, has never been seen before. No, Wisconsin defensive line coach, you know, that that's, that's a lateral move. Um, you know, you could argue that that's a, 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 if you go by last year, a step down, but that just shows you what Clark Lee has in mind and, and the pull he has. So um, again, the coaching staff is looking really good. You know, they haven't done anything on the field yet, but on paper, Will, this looks like a tremendous staff. Uh, again, Brandon Horgan has come over to be the strength and conditioning coach. Um, well, we're running out of time here. Again, we got, a, we, we could, we could, uh, this could be a little bit longer podcast, but one more thing to touch on here before we wrap it up. Coach Mason is headed to Auburn. Uh, he is welcomed on the planes yesterday. He was welcomed there officially. He'll be their defensive coordinator. And will, you know, congrats to, to Coach Mason. He, he's he is a great guy, um, great defensive coach. Yes, it didn't work out at Vanderbilt, but I'm not surprised he got an opportunity this quick at an SEC school. Um, and and you know, Brian Harson went with him, and and I think Coach Mason's going to do great there. I I really do. He he's as as smart as he is on the defensive side with that kind of talent level. He's going to do great things. Yeah, I'm. I am pretty surprised that he got that high profile of an SEC job that quickly really? after the 
offenses he put out at Vanderbilt. I yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't sure if he was going to stay in the SEC. Yeah, I, guess I, 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 was, I wasn't that. expecting a an SEC, especially a high-level Power 5 program. I yeah. was expecting him to drop to a D.C. at somewhere like a Syracuse-level yeah. um, program or, or Wake Forest, kind of a lat, a lateral move in, in prestige of program. Yeah, because we were hearing yeah. about Michigan, too. Um, yep. you know, but it's, I mean, it's pretty shocking, but I don't think I've heard a Vanderbilt or seen a Vanderbilt fan yet. That's ever said something bad about Derek Mason as a person. And that was never the issues no, that no. we had with Derek Mason. It's not like what's going on with Jeremy Pruitt up there in Knoxville. This was truly an on the field football performance issue. And I think every single Vanderbilt fan wants to see him succeed. No doubt. No doubt about it. You know, we want it for him. Um, you know, the football coach, the, the person he is and, and, and everything he's about. So, um, again, I, 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 you know, I guess I should have rephrased it. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he goes to Michigan. But but again, I mean, he, he's he's such a great defensive mind with that talent level. Um, you know, he's proven that that, uh, you know, when he gets the guys, he can uh, he, he can do he can do some damage. So, again, congrats to Coach Mason. We will see. Uh, what he gets done there at Auburn that wraps it up here for episode 63 will you know no interviewer here but again um, final word here before Mississippi State again big big game tomorrow for the doors yeah I get my final phrase here since we don't have an interview (laughs) and I'm actually not going to touch on basketball I'm going to touch on Vanderbilt athletics as a whole here Ah. you're you're starting to feel this is something I wanted to touch on and, and kind of slip my mind but you're starting to feel this momentum build that we really haven't felt in a very long time you're seeing guys make lateral or down moves to be associated with this Vanderbilt athletics uh, athletics department and programs, which has never happened before. And I'm going to give credit where credit is due to Candace Story Lee that I think she has created buzz and excitement around this program that you have people like McClelland coming in and making a down move in position to be a sit from Louisiana Tech to be associated with this program. And you're seeing it in assistant coaches with football uh, since Clark Lee has gotten there. And there's a lot of positive momentum brewing, even after some very disappointing actual seasons. And it looks like basketball is trending down towards disappointing. But 2021 into 22, it's all next year. We're turning into damn uh, Tennessee, the Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> you already want to get into year 2022, yeah, huh? Next year, baby. Next year's our year. Hey, it's the year for Vanderbilt. And uh, again, <laughs> I, I I agree, Will. I, Candace Lee and Tommy McClellan, those two, there's a lot more people that deserve a lot of credit. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have worked together and done some great things. And, Will, a little sneak peek, we could get Tommy McClellan on the podcast next week. So uh, it's in the works. We'll, uh, we'll see. So uh, that would be a big one, uh, definitely, you know, with his experience. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, for Tommy McClelland. And, uh, you know, we'll see when that happens. Um, but but it will. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So, uh, again, really excited about that. For Will Byram, I'm Billy Derrick, and you've been listening to episode 63 of The Door Report presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Well, that does it for episode 63 of The Door Report powered by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Big thanks to my co-host Will Byram for joining today. No special guest, but it was still a special episode. Stay tuned next week for a very special guest that we touched on in this episode. For myself, Billy Derrick, and Will Byram, you've been listening to episode 63 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Hardwood Flooring.